0: They... Uh, what is nothing? Now that's deep. What in the fuck are we doing here? <laughs> what is something? That's deep, bro. <laughs> Welcome to SD Bro. I'm your host. I'm Christina P. Uh, why is this microphone so hot? My husband's deaf. I think it's, I'm using his mic, and he keeps it so loud because he's a total dad boner, and dads can't hear much. <laughs> he's not. He's the best. Come on, guys. Tom Sagar is the best, isn't he? How much do you love that guy? Especially, he's got those uh, sexy new dad glasses. I don't know if you've checked out his Instagram lately. But talking about, talk about some sexy dad glasses. listen, first of all, um, come see me do stand-up. I'm going to be doing a bunch of one-nighters starting September 27th in Seattle, Tacoma Comedy Club, uh, September 27th, Tacoma Comedy Club. I'm so excited to do that one. I hear it's rad. And then September 28th in Portland. Uh, Oregon, Helium Comedy Club, another winner. I love I love uh, Seattle and Portland. I, I, those are two places I could actually live, I think, besides L.A., maybe. I don't know. Too rainy, right? But, oh, God, I'm going to vomit. I just um, ate a lot of chicken and hummus. Okay, what else? October 4th, Dallas Tejas, um, Hyenas Comedy Club, uh, and then rolling into... Houston, next night, October 5th, at The Secret Group. Shh, it's a secret. October 23rd, Indianapolis, Indiana, Morty's Comedy Club. Morty's. And then October 24th, Cincinnati, Ohio, at Go Bananas. Cincinnati, historically known for uh, the Cincinnati fart. That's primarily what that city's known for, Um so come check me out December 9th and 10th, Washington, DC, the DC improv. You can get all these tickets at thousandranch.com. That's T-H-O-U-S-A-N-D Ranch dot com. Thank you. Also, are you um shopping on Amazon? I really, I really hope you are because I do things like I subscribe and I save because I don't like to spend time shopping um, for toilet paper. Why not just have that stuff sent to your house, bros? That way you can spend your time doing um, wonderful things like playing with your kid or petting your dog or uh, watching Stranger Things, right? How good of a show is that? I mean, I haven't binge watched shit in months and that's the one show i was like immediately on board for i mean the kid with no teeth come on that's like the cutest thing ever what what a bizarre thing to write into a show like well there's this kid and he has no teeth you're like wait what why was that part of his character and i know he has teeth in real life because i saw him on some internet thing with his teeth (laughs) okay that was a deliberate choice on the On the creative end, hey, let's have a kid with no teeth who's like super smart. Maybe someone grew up with a kid that had no teeth. It was a friend and they're like, we got to write that in. Besides that point, use my Amazon banner, please. Was that the point of that shit? Go to thatsteepropodcast.com. Click on the banner at the bottom of every blog post. And do your shopping as you normally would. It just kicks back some change to the show. It helps us out. It helps me keep a kibble in my dog's bowls and this equipment high and tight as fuck. I don't know if you hear the microphone I'm using, but uh, that's called money that I paid for it with and it makes everything so much better. And one day I will have video component to the show and you can see what a lunatic I look like talking into a microphone alone in a room with two dogs and a baby either asleep or screaming outside the door. So there you go. That's gonna come next. All right, do you hear my kid screaming in the next room? <laughs> what a professional show I have. All right, let's get into it. I absolutely, I absolutely love John Spencer Blue's explosion. You know, they came out like I guess in the 90s they are big and I've seen them live and I just love this band and I don't know why they didn't get bigger than they are. They're just so fucking bitching and I, I guess because some frat boys didn't, you know, pick up on them and make them super, super popular, but I don't know. I feel I'm feeling kind of John spencer So let's let that motherfucker take it away Oh, oh, if I can get this to play I'm so fucking lame sometimes Come on mom, figure it out Here we go Child. The same time What That's so crazy Anyway here you go John Spencer This one I, I love him I, I feel like my My feathers get Get a little Roughly When I listen to Spencer I like that fucking guy Anyway He's a lunatic What the fuck is he talking about Half the time He does have I like one song Where he He's a Jehovah Witness Come knocking on my door On a Saturday <laughs> Who fucking Sings like that Okay So, uh, interesting bros, you know, oh man, have you watched that documentary on Netflix? Stranger Things, obviously fan fucking amazing, tastic show. Let's talk about that for a second. It's kind of a hybrid of all the cool 80s stuff I grew up on. You know, it's got the poltergeist. It's got the stand by me element. It's got the, um, close encounters. Uh, it's got everything. It's like a, it's like a a retro hybrid of all rad. And it's funny because I'd, I'd heard somewhere that, they had pitched the, the whatever brothers who made this show had pitched it to like 11 networks and they all passed. And Netflix, of course, took a chance on it because they're awesome. Um, and every network, you know, they don't, they don't get it. They're like, what? It's a show about kids, but it's not for kids. Like, they couldn't wrap their brain. I love that stuff. And I love hearing that it went somewhere else and became amazingly huge. See, which just goes to show, bros, is that... There's a place for you. There's a place for everyone. There's a a channel for you somewhere. You know, you don't fit in, you don't fit in, you don't fit in, and then it takes one place for you to fit right in, and you feel great. And what is my dog eating? What are you eating, dummy? God damn it, this dog. Jesus Christ, she's eating. Hold on. Of course it's like a it's a note card it's from your mom's house this is the stationery we use to write on and she's showing it okay there's that show watch it it's super fun and then there is this documentary about um tony robbins anthony robbins is how he goes by anthony um and it's called i'm not your guru And I swear, man, you know, I don't have a ton of time to watch stuff, but I watch it in between like playing with my kid and I watch it in increments. You watch things in increments when you have a small child. (laughs) I think Tom and I, it took us about four months to get through a Star Wars movie when Ellis was born. It took me about three days to get through Tony Robbins documentary. I'm not your guru. It's what it's called. And it's on Netflix. And, um, you know, this guy's been around for ages. If you haven't heard of Anthony Robbins, you better get your entire life. You better get your head out of your rectum and put both thumbs in your butt and stretch yourself out because, uh, that guy, you know, all the athletes see him, all the celebrities see him, uh, very, 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 um, accessible. There's not a lot of bullshit, you know, airy fairy, um, weird stuff, metaphysical stuff in there. It's, you know, Tony Robbins had a shitty life, a shitty childhood, uh, uh, asshole mother who was an alcoholic and abusive and didn't want him to leave for college and was uh, violent towards him. And, um, you know, and like many of us that grow up with uh, dog shit parenting, you know, you're, you're kind, you're the one that ends up suffering, not your damn parents. You spend your life trying to get your parents approval. You try to get them to change. That doesn't work. So you're left with you. You got to repair your life. You got to get your entire life and he's all about that. I, I highly recommend it for anybody who wants to kind of go through some kind of change. I mean, I cried so much watching that. God, everybody's story was just like just so mage, man. It really makes you realise how resilient the human uh, human beings are. How how totally resilient you can be if you if you choose to be, if you choose not to be a victim and and uh transcend whatever circumstance you're in or make make it positive i just i'm so blown away it was such a good documentary i really wish i could find a way to stop the text messages from popping up as i'm recording this on my computer because then i get distracted when i see my cousin telling me she's going to vote for trump i think my head just exploded okay okay she's joking thank god now what are you eating asshole okay be still bitsy so uh resilient to the human spirit and I, you know, and it really makes you realize how so much of your, my existence, your existence, our existence is, um, is hindered by fear. You know, I think Anthony Robbins in in this documentary talks about how when you have something traumatic happen to you, it's like a muscle contracts. And a lot of human beings go through life without relaxing that muscle, right? The muscle contracts out of fear, out of pain, out of trauma, and then you kind of walk around with that muscle contracted, always ready to go. You're, not, you're never relaxing in between things happening. You never kind of realize, oh, that was in the past. I don't have to have this muscle contracted. You just walk around in a, in a, in a, a fight-or-flight state. And I totally relate to that. Hello. I mean, I think those of us that have grown up with a lot of bullshit, you have a hard time relaxing into everyday life, I think a lot of us, as I know from you guys writing in, yeah, you know, a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression, and I, man, you know, it's a kind, con- it's a conscious fucking effort for me to manually override the craziness that sometimes happens in my brain, and that, but that's it. That's the battle: is are you gonna are you gonna let the default mode take over? Are you gonna do what's comfortable for you? You know, are you going to just do what was done to you? Are you going to fucking be a weak? Oh, oh shh. hey, are you going to be a weak person? And are you going to damage your kids the way you were damaged? Because you, you don't know any better and you don't get the help to know better. Are you going to be a fucking hero? Are you going to be brave? Are you going to confront the demons? Are you going to do something about it? And are you going to try to do better every day? You know, stop being a pussy and, and, uh, and do better. And that's the whole point I think of, not the whole point, but one of the points of that documentary and about just being a human. You know, it's, it's so much easier to go, well, I, you know, I had a bad childhood. Can't, can't do it. Can't, uh, can't transcend this. I, I'm too fucked up. I've heard that before from my friends. I'm too fucked up. I'm just damaged goods. I'm too, I am too damaged to be in a relationship. I'm too fucked up. Uh, to go to college, I can't. I can't get into college. I'm too dumb. I'm too this. I'm too broke. You know, there's just nothing but excuses, and and they're valid. Sometimes they're very valid. Your reasons for not doing stuff, but you gotta fucking do it. You gotta do it, and you gotta face the demons along the way. That's the thing. There's always gonna be trouble with trying to better yourself. There's always fear and anxiety. At least for me, you know. And it, it's it's little stuff. I don't get scared about. Uh, The big stuff, you know, like death doesn't fuck with me or uh, cancer shit like that. I, I, you know, fucks with me, like, I think little stuff like, oh my God, I'm going to take Ellis to this mommy and me class today, which I did, by the way, for the first time on my therapist recommendation, she told me to go to mommy and me class to see how other moms behave with their children because because i had such a shitty mom i don't know like i felt like i didn't know what to do with a baby i was like what do we what do people do with infants they don't talk they don't sit up like what do you fucking do with a kid i actually know what to do with a kid i don't know what to do with a baby like a a non-talking entity and and for the longest time i just i was just so lost i think i am still lost i think i i fake it till i make it every day um because I I don't have a model I don't have a mom to call and be like hey how do you do blah 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 or, you know so I struggle I struggle with a lot of anxiety around uh, just just being a mom every day <laughs> I'm so afraid you know am I doing this right is this gonna fuck him up and I anyways I went to my first mommy and me class and um, you know I I don't usually sign up for things like this I, I don't like group any things I don't. Uh, I don't like group exercise. I don't like group uh, activities, concerts. I'm going to blow my brains out going to like music festivals. Um, You couldn't pay me enough to go to a Coachella. God, there's not enough money in the world to to drag me to one of those nightmares. Um, What else do I? I hate anything actually with groups, but I have to kind of do this shit now because of the kids. So I took them to a mommy and me. But it was like a modified version. It it wasn't the brand mommy me. I'm calling it that just so you guys know what the hell I'm talking about. And um, it was like a a hippier version because that's really all I can tolerate. (laughs) And it was so fun. I actually found myself enjoying singing dumb. I like to sing dumb songs and play. Like I'm very childish, so that felt really good to me. It didn't feel weird. And I met one cool mom. Hey, I already made a mom friend. That was exciting. Um <laughs> It's uh it's it's interesting. I'm just I'm navigating the mommy world because it seems like there's just so much pressure to be perfect at this crap. You know, I gotta make my organic uh vegan baby food at home. I gotta homeschool, I gotta, you know, put them in environmentally conscious fucking diapers and not that I do any of this. I do none of this. None of guess what? My kid's going to have sugar <laughs> from time to time. Probably going to eat a lot of hot dogs in his childhood and macaroni and cheese. And I'm probably not going to put a whole lot of limitations on candy and, and stuff. Cause those teeth are going to fall out anyway. Those first, you know, it's the first set of teeth, who cares? Um, I don't know. It's just, uh, so much pressure to be perfect. I should start a mom podcast. I think once I'm a little more experience as a mom, I can speak on it better. Cause I, I just think there's just nothing out there for normal women, <laughs> women who don't, uh, who are learning how to be mothers. I, it's so funny because it is a skill. It's not like you just are, some people are maybe, maybe. Uh, I think the assumption is because of my biology that I'm just supposed to be able to know how to do this shit. And I don't, I really don't. I just kind of, I ask a lot of questions and I read a lot of horrible mommy blogs and then I piece it all together and I read books, lots of books. I ask my shrink stuff, is this normal? What did I you know, what should I do? But uh I just I kinda wish there was something that's not like I don't know, I feel like the movies are like, We're party moms. Like I'm not a party mom and I'm not the mom that kind of sits home and um, you know, documents every minute of her kids' life. Like I don't have um you know, photo books and craft books out. And I don't, you know, I don't, uh, I don't do everything I'm supposed to. I didn't do prenatal yoga or I didn't breastfeed until he was five. You know what I'm saying? What the fuck am I saying? Okay, let's move on. So here we go. Uh, so interesting. I mentioned emotional vampires a couple episodes back and that seemed to really resonate with you guys. So I thought I would delve into the world of emotional vampire vampire vampirism of course we're going to do with some email so let's start it off with dan pena where are you buddy he's he's getting ready to talk hold on where is dan pena you want to know why you're all fucked up there he is thank you dan uh yeah let's start with emails here we go this one's so funny this one just came in and uh This one I laughed at because, man, have I been there. Okay. Hey, Mommy Tina. Uh, Let's say, uh, as a, quote, professional young lady. Oh, I like that. A lot of the things you've said hit home, uh, especially about having a baby and getting wifed up. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. More on that some other time since the reason I am writing to you is that I had a total aha moment when you mentioned emotional vampires recently. When I think we need the right music uh, when discussing emotional vampires. Okay, here it is. There we go. You got to have this in the background when you talk about emotional vampires. They're everywhere, guys. Okay, she writes, There is a girl I work with who I was always friendly with, as I am with most people, but she ended up really latching on to me. Oh, go there she is there's your co-worker though she got on my nerves sometimes i kept it casual and didn't get caught up in her life and drama eventually i felt she was really leeching my light since i started venting about her at home to my boyfriend Uh uh-oh and i figured enough is enough i stopped talking to her over something trivial at work okay granted not the best way to handle it and i was feeling pretty good about myself well, she recently had some really big personal shit go down and reached out to me again. They always do, these uh, emotional vampires. They always have some... Uh, oh, hold on, this GD video I... I, I that's the, that's the, the calling card of the emotional vampire is they have to have major drama go down all the time. There we go. We have to get the right sound effect. <laughs> Why aren't you answering your phone I need to talk to you But This guy This guy I've been seeing for Two days Hasn't returned my text in 24 hours I'm freaking out Such a major drama Why aren't you answering your phone Can I come over I know it's Two in the morning But I need to talk I need to talk I need my feelings heard There's your vampire Okay God, they're the fucking worse. Okay, recently she had some big personal shit go down and reach out to me and I ended up getting sucked into her vortex of misery again. Uh, exactly. Part of me wants to scream at her and tell her half of these problems are a result of your own choices. Being negative about everything and not being her own light. And I know she's very sensitive and I get caught up in feeling guilty. I feel like I'm relatively stable with good relationships and a strong family unit. And I know she doesn't have that. And it's likely she's latching on to me. But every time I let myself get roped into her stories and problems, it starts to make me more irritated. I think she is a grade A emotional vampire and I would love to know what you think. I am not a mean person by nature. So I would love to let her down easy but she told me that she almost cried every day when I stopped talking to her. Oh, boy. (sighs) Don't you fucking hate that shit? That is number one, run. When someone's like, I'm suicidal, or I cried every day when you stopped talking to me, it means they're so crazy. And that is a manipulation tactic, by the way. If anyone breaks up with you and then they go, oh, I fucking almost killed myself, be like, well, you should have. (laughs) because that ain't going to work with me. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, she writes, I've told her she needs therapy and she agrees. So maybe that will resolve itself. But I'm also leaving this job in two days. Oh, and we'll likely never see her again. So does any of this really matter? Sorry for the super long email. Um, Okay, yeah, it does matter. It it matters. Um, Okay, listen, you're leaving the job. That's a wonderful excuse to... uh, lose contact with her organically and i do recommend that i mean look there's only so much shit you can do with these people uh and you're not like related and and she'll move on to someone else that's the beauty of the vampire is that they they do move on to other prey and let's not forget the lore of a vampire by the way it's interesting because the vampire has to be asked to come into your home right uh they can't just come in. You must invite them in. Now, similar to the emotional vampire, that's the same as the physical vampire, the mythological whatever—not uh, mythological. You know what I mean—the the fictitious vampire. Uh, because it's got—it's a wonderful metaphor. You have to let the vampire in. <laughs> you see, what I'm saying, Theo, you gotta—you got to let her learn. You let to learn to let a man say no to the bath. You gotta let him say. No, you have to fortify yourself. Much like the reason people get uh, bullied or shit on, the vampires in your life are attracted to you. They're attracted to your kindness. A lot of the times, I've had many vampires in my life. They're attracted to your openness. They are attracted to your uh, willingness to listen. And I'm sure many other things. So Here's the thing: you're you're never going to stop attracting emotional vampires, even when you're, even when you have your life. You got your entire life together. I still attract these vampires because they they kind of want they're they're going to test bite, right? That's what they do in the beginning. They they give you test nibbles. They see uh, can I can I suck on this person? Do they are they repelling me? Are they telling me to get the fuck out? No, they're not. Great. Well, I'm going to come back tomorrow, and I'm going to come back tomorrow, and I'm going. That's what they do. Uh, so if you let a vampire know early, early, early that very politely, no, you may not feed on me. And you do that by subtlety. Now, I learned this in my 20s. This is a wonderful way to deflect any unwanted male attention. And it's kind of a good metaphor for the emotional vampire. I learned a thing of wearing sunglasses everywhere I went. I did this indoors in grocery stores. Who's woofing at me? I, I wore sunglasses, black, dark sunglasses everywhere in my 20s because I was getting hit on obviously much more than I do now, thank God. And it kept away dudes because they can't see your eyes. They can't latch on to you, make icons. And I still do in public. It's good to def- deflect weirdos. There's a lot of weirdos in L.A., You wear the glasses, people don't fuck with you as much. It's great. So you have to have your emotional glasses on. You got to protect yourself by picking up the signs, the red flags early of these vampires and then adjusting, right? Right. So by that I mean uh, you make new friends. And new friends, there's always a test period, right? Like uh, you always have to see how they navigate texting with you. Are they every day? Is it like... Obsessive? Is it weird? If it gets weird, then you know, respectfully kind of taper it down. You don't have to... And that's another thing. Listen, if somebody calls you or texts you, why do you have to answer them right away? You're under no obligation to answer a vampire quickly. And I know a lot of us have learned as children that we have to answer people right away. You have to accommodate people. And that's what this vampire found in you, dear emailer, is the accommodating personality the person who will not say no. You are used to being nice, maybe too too accommodating and then they walk all over you. So you have to find a way to deflect their nonsense early cuz they're always going to come even when do when you have your shit together. But I I see the vampire now quickly and I nip that shit in the bud. Cut the conversation short, yes, yes, friendly friendly, but keep them at a distance and never give a vampire your home phone number, your phone number. Dear God. And don't let them know where you live. (sighs) You know, you got to give people there's, there's, there should be like a, a 60 or 90 day trial period with friends. Okay. They don't come to your fucking house. You don't maybe just give people your email. But there, there has to be an, a 90-day trial period. Like, so of mattress company, 75 days, even less, <laughs> where you can test, test drive people. And then you decide if you want them in your world or not. Okay, so I found this great article on vampires. Who's the emotional vampire in your life on psychology today? Okay, this person is a... Uh, okay, signs that you've encountered an emotional vampire. Are you ready? Okay, here's how you know. This is the best. Your eyelids are heavy. You're ready for a nap. <laughs> That's me after I hang out with anybody, though. I don't know. I'm I'm sucked dry by everything. <laughs> okay. Your mood takes a nosedive. Oh, God. Don't you know it? There are some people after you hang out with them, you're just like angry and ornery and just miserable. That's how you know. Uh, Okay. You want to binge on carbs or comfort food. Well, yeah, that's all day, every day. But you feel anxious, depressed, or negative. Yep, yep, yep. You feel put down. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, so that's how you know you've encountered an emotional vampire. Types of emotional vampires. This is neat. So here's what we got. Remember I said those red flags? Well, here they are categorized. Number 1 is the narcissist. Yeah, come on. We did a whole episode on narcissists. Aren't they the worst? Their motto is me first. Everything is all about them. They have a grandiose sense of self-importance and entitlement, hog attention and crave admiration. They're dangerous because, here's why, they lack empathy and have a limited capacity capacity. Capacity for unconditional love. If you don't do things their way, they become punishing, withholding, or cold. Oh, did you hear that? Maybe some of you have parents that are narcissists. Uh, I might have one or both that was this way. <laughs> they lack empathy. God, that is spirit crushing. So don't get into a relationship with one of these folks, guys. Please don't get romantically involved. Move it along. So this also gives you advice how to protect yourself. Keep your expectations realistic. These are emotionally limited people. Try not to fall in love. Here we go with one or expect them to be selfless or love without strings attached. Never make yourself worth dependent on them or confide your deepest feelings to them. Ugh. To successfully communicate, the hard truth is that you must show how something will be to their benefit. Though it's better not to have to contend with this tedious ego stroking. If the relationship is unavoidable, this approach works. You mean like a parent? (laughs) Yeah, it's so interesting. Don't tell them your secrets. That's for sure your, your deepest feelings. They'll use it against you. Isn't that horrible? Okay, number two, the victim. These vampires grate on you with their poor me attitude. Oh, dude, this is like the essence of the vampire. This is the kind I'm thinking about, actually, the victim. These motherfuckers. The world is always against them. The reason for their unhappiness. When you offer a solution to their problems, they always say, yes, but. You might end up screening your calls or purposely avoiding them. As a friend, you may want to help their tales of woe overwhelm you. Oh, you may want to help... But their tales of woe overwhelming. Much like the email um I just read, this is the kind uh, where the person doesn't want to hear solutions, right? They just want to hear you hear themselves complain over and over and over and the world is against me. And there's really no helping um this personality type. That's the problem. That's that's the hard part is you do want to help um these people. You're like, I just wanna, you know, I call them um you know, little, little broken wings. These are birdies with broken wings. And you really, it's very hard to be in a friendship with, with the broken wing birdie. Uh, that really is not a reciprocal friendship to be had. It's, it's more, it's more about them. So how to protect yourself. It says set kind, but firm limits. Hey, who said that? Listen briefly and tell a friend or relative. I love you, but I can only listen for a few minutes unless you want to discuss solutions. That's a good thing to say. With the coworker sympathize by saying, Oh, coworker, here we go. I'll keep having good thoughts for things to work out. Yeah, see? <laughs> then say, I hope you understand, but I'm on deadline and must return to work. Then use this isn't a good time body language, such as crossing your arms and breaking eye contact to help set these healthy limits. See, that's what I'm saying. These are your emotional sunglasses, right? It's not rude. You're just, you know, being respectful of your boundaries and saying shit like Oh gosh, well, that, you know, it's funny when people tell me bad things like, oh, my mom is in the hospital again. Like people that I'm not very close with where they have no business telling you really personal shit. I like to do that trick. Well, I hope it works out, gosh. And then adios. (laughs) Number three, the controller. These people obsessively try to control you and dictate how you're supposed to be and feel. Oh, God, the worst. They have an opinion about everything. They'll control you by invalidating your emotions if they don't fit into their rule book. Oh, no. They often start sentences with, you know what you need, then proceed to tell you. You end up feeling dominated, demeaned, or put down. Oh, no. How to protect yourself. The secret to success is never try and control a controller. Be healthily assertive, but don't tell them what to do. You can say, I value your advice, but I really need to work through this myself. Be confident, but don't play the victim. See, the underlying rule to all this shit is confidence and boundaries, right? Okay, the constant talker. Oh, these people aren't interested in your feelings. They're only concerned with themselves. You wait for an opening to get a word in edgewise, but it never comes. Or these people might physically move in so close, they're practically breathing on you. Oh, yeah, those people are the worst. You edge backwards, but they step closer. Isn't that weird? I didn't realize that was part of the constant talker is the person who invades your personal space. I just had one of those. Oh, I hate those. Okay, how to protect yourself. These people don't respond to nonverbal cues. That's right. That's why they move in. Ugh. You must speak up and interrupt as hard as that is to do. Listen for a few minutes, then politely say, I hate to, inter- I hate to interrupt, but please excuse me. I have to talk to these other people. <laughs> Nobody says that. <laughs> I hate to interrupt. No, you should be like, oh, dude, I'm sorry. I promised so-and-so I'd go talk to them. Or get to an appointment or go to the bathroom. <laughs> excuse me. I hate to interrupt, but I have to take a flaming shit. And that's more important than listening to you. You can say that. A much more constructive tactic than, keep quiet, you're driving me crazy. Who fucking writes like, who talks like this? Who would even say that? Keep quiet, you're driving me crazy. You'd be like, shut up. You're driving me crazy. (laughs) Nobody talks like this. Okay, if this is a family member, politely say, I'd love if you allowed me some time to talk so I can add to the conversation. Nobody talks like that. I love if you allowed me some time to talk, to talk to, so I can add to the conversation. I guess you could talk like that. Instead of shut up, dummy. (laughs) What if I just said, I'm just going to say that to my family member, my friend. God, shut the fuck up already. Are you done? you fucking done yapping, dummy? (laughs) You're supposed to say this neutrally. That's that's what the um, article says so it can be heard better. The point is don't be don't be mean, just firm. Okay, the drama queen. These people have a flair for exaggerating small incidents into off the chart dramas. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like people who are like I had the flu and almost died. And then uh, you know, the car, my car got towed. Oh. Yeah, it's it's always like that. The drama queen doesn't get mileage out of equ- equanim- equ- equanimity. Stay calm. Take a few deep breaths. This will help you not get caught up in the histrionics. Set kind but firm limits. Say, for example, you must be here on time to keep your job. Oh, this is because she was making up excuses for being late. Okay. Anyways, uh, basically be calm, assertive, calm, assertive energy, much like Caesar Milan, to get rid of your vampire problems. Calm, assertive energies for the vampires. There you go. So, uh, some of you, if you have these traits, anything I've listed, that any of that sounds familiar to you as a behavior, uh, you may want to get some help and, and, you know, not be that way to other people because it fucking sucks. Okay. Well, sorry, I'm fine. Okay. Anyway, I, I got this uh, email too from a, gen- a gentleman, a young gentleman. What up, Maine Mommy, water champ? Thank you, finally, being acknowledged for the proper titles that I am. I'm a Maine Mommy, and I'm a water champ. Okay, I'm a 40-year-old guy married to my wife for six years. We have two b- b- beautiful young children standard run-of-the-mill mill <laughs> poly by non-binary relationship. Good for you. Hey, what's your pronoun? I just thought I'd ask. I can't tell if you're a man or a woman, so I'm going to ask and be rude as shit to you. Hey, what's your pronoun? Here's my dilemma. If I bring up something I disagree with or don't like that my wife does, she goes off the deep end and takes the criticism too personal. It could be something as little as a god-awful, low-and-loose denim skirt she wears or a bigger issue like how she'll yell at one of the kids for something very small they did wrong like whining or spilled milk. I'm no psychologist, but I see a lot of traits of a person with depression. Do you know ways to bring this up that wouldn't be as likely to set her off? If I can't confront her on some of her fashion choices, how the hell do I tell her I think she's depressed or should go to therapy? Thanks for your time, Maine. Mommy, are you really telling her not to wear a denim skirt? That's terrible. Actually, I'm terrible. Have I told Tom not to wear stuff? No, I just make fun of him. You know, it's interesting, uh, not to the depression thing, that we'll talk about that in a moment, but I find that uh, humor goes a long way with spouses, relationships, Um, non-binary, poly relationships, dog relationships. Um, I find that people react really nicely if you just poke a little fun. I don't know if your wife has a good sense of humor, but uh, you can get rid of that denim skirt by just kind of shitting on her mildly and jokingly. I mean, I have to see the skirt to really come up with a way of doing it, but well, let's put it this way. One time Tom had a wingman shirt that it said wingman on it, the word wingman. It was from like 2004 or something, maybe earlier. Uh and like I don't really I don't care, but I was just making fun of him because it had like permanent armpit stains. You know when you have a um, like I can't even buy white t-shirts because they turn the armpits turn yellow within 2 weeks of me wearing them. And uh, so they they had like permanent sweat rings under them and I was like cool shirt Tom did they come with the sweat rings like if you kind of if you can tease her a little the teasing will bring attention to it and just you can say something like well that you're so beautiful that skirt doesn't do you justice and that way it's like she's so pretty but that thing isn't pretty on her maybe you could do it that way um I mean now with my husband he and I Like for so many years, he would never tell me when he didn't like something on me until about two years ago, I bought this jacket from H&M that I was really stoked on. It was like super mom jacket. It has so many pockets and functionality. And it was uh, like, I don't know, like a polyester-y satiny material. And it looked like a very loose raincoat thing and (laughs) And I was so happy about it. And I wore it in front of Tom. He was like, oh my God, I hate that jacket. So I hate that. And he never, ever said anything in like, you know, we were together by then eight years. He never said anything like that. And I was so, I was so thankful that he told me that because the truth is, I was actually... And I mean that. I wasn't offended. I was not upset with him because he'd never say anything like that unless he really meant it. My husband is so sweet about like women and offending women because he grew up with two sisters and a mother. And I think that he's very cognizant of how sensitive we can be to things like that. But I was so appreciative of him having the courage to do that because I know how hard that was for him (laughs) that I immediately took it off and I was like, oh yeah, okay, well then Sure. You know, because it's important to look good for your spouse. I I believe that you, in in a way, dress for your spouse, right? I mean, yes, there's a part of you expressing yourself and making sure you like what you're wearing, obviously. But guess who has to look at you the most? <laughs> that person you married. And so if they don't like it and they don't like your stees, that's terrible because they have to have sex with you. <laughs> and you want them. Listen, if you're a woman and your husband is wearing some whack shit, the best way to get him to change is to tell him that it doesn't make you want to have sex with him. I swear to God, if you say, oh my God, that just you make my pussy dry. If you say that, like that shirt makes my pussy dry. I guarantee you that shirt will be burned and in the dumpster within seconds. Now for women, it doesn't work the same way. For a woman, you've got to say that she's so pretty or you want to see your tits more. You gotta wear, oh, I would love to see those boobs more. What, can you wear something to show them off for me? Or uh, if, it, if it's a low and loose denim skirt, I know that you love that skirt, but you, your, your legs are so much prettier. Yeah, or whatever the fuck it is. I don't know. Uh, anyway, where did I go? Okay, so she, she. I don't know what else is going on, though. I don't know that any of this indicates depression to me. It sounds like you guys are just not getting along because like, if you, if you disagree with something or don't like something she does, she takes it as criticism and takes it really personally. It just sounds like, I don't know if that's, a, if you were to tell me like, oh, my wife doesn't want to get out of bed in the morning or take care of the kids. My wife has no interest in us. Um, she's sitting in the room listening to Modest Mouse in the dark. I'd be like, she's depressed. It just sounds like to me that There's something else happening, which is you guys need to have sex. I think. (laughs) Some tells me, uh, some tells me, you guys are backed up, both of you. I don't know. That's the feeling I get. Because usually, when when you guys can't communicate, when there's a breakdown, I, I think that has to do with the. The relationship kind of n- not working the way it should It should be The wheels should be greased and, and the way to grease those wheels is to fuck You gotta fuck always That's number one uh, It's so important It's so important Because it's the It's the 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 lubricant if you will For the machine Honestly If you're not fucking Then all, everything bothers you about that other person right That's maybe Maybe that Why is she so cranky Why, why is she so cranky why is she so cranky? That's what I would do. She sounds like she's going off on everybody because um, she's angry. I don't know if she sounds depressed, but she sounds more angry to me. But it sounds like you'd like her to see a shrink. Now, look, you can't make anybody get into therapy ever. You know you can't do that. There's two ways to handle this. Uh, number one, I've always... I've noticed that in my own relationships, if things are getting rocky like this, it takes two to tango, my man. And sometimes, sometimes showing love and approval towards your spouse, your mate, whatever, whoever, uh, will, will give you results you've never dreamed of. So... Yes, she may be critical of you. The way to kind of offset that, which is to be extra loving and kind. And I know that sounds counterintuitive, but I've done it a million times. It's, it's like a love magic. You just sprinkle a little love on the situation and sometimes that works. Treat her the way you wish you would be treated and maybe she will respond better. You know, because women, listen, when we get like this, I have to say, sometimes it's resentment, especially with the kids and stuff what's going on? Why does she resent you so much? She fucking hate you right now? Maybe. I mean, have you asked her, like, are you upset about what, what are you upset about? What's the deal? Oh, but you can't cause she gets so, so cranky. So here's how you do it. Here's how you bring it up. As with anybody, if you think it is depression, by the way, you can't just come at somebody who's pissed off and cranky by what's the worst thing to say to somebody who's angry. Calm down, right? Isn't that the worst thing? Because why? You're not honoring their feelings. You're not, excuse me, being respectful of their state and it angers them more. Same with depressed people. The worst thing you can do is be like, why are you so depressed? What's wrong with you? I remember when I was depressed and suicidal when I was a teenager, uh, my parents and the adults around me met it with tough love you know, they got angry. And that was the dumbest thing to do to a depressed person. My suggestion, if you think it is depression, but I think it's something else, is to simply say something like, hey, I have noticed you seem really unhappy lately. Is there, is there something I can do to help? I've noticed, I would say to her that you want her happiness. I You know, I, I just, I want you to be happy. That's all I want. And it, it just seems like, it seems like you're, a, are you unhappy? I would ask her that and let her tell you, yeah, yeah, I'm fucking, I do this, I do that, or I'm depressed and this and that. And, you know, if you present something to be in someone's interest, like, I think, uh, you know, I'd I'd love for you to be happy and, and have you ever considered, I don't know, talking to somebody? Uh, If you make it like you want things to be better, not that, God, you're so fucked up, you know, that's the angle you want to take. You don't want to take the road of like, what the fuck is wrong with you? (laughs) But of, uh, I just, I've noticed you seem sad and I, or I noticed anger and I, I would love for you to, to be free and be happy. Because I mean, what human's going to respond badly to you wanting their happiness? I don't think anybody But anyways, um, write her, email her. I I would just sit down with her and really talk to her heart to heart because usually it sounds like you guys are both resenting each other. You got a bone. You got to treat her sweet. What does she like? Bring her something nice. No woman can be mad at you if you bring her some nice stuff that she likes. And I hope she reciprocates. I hope that she's kind to you. That is the key, isn't it? Always be kinder to your spouse. That really helps. But if she is depressed, make it in her best interest. Um, yeah. Talk space, man. Talk space. Okay. Here we go. One more. Hey, mommy. <laughs> I hope this email finds you as hydrated as bird is fat. You got it. Yes and yes. I was listening to your episode where you go through your 10 steps to stop dating losers one piece of advice that you gave the ladies was to not date a 23-year-old dude <laughs> that has a bad relationship with his mom. I'm a dude, and I often relate to the way you describe your relationship with your mom. Although my mom doesn't have borderline personality disorder or schizophrenia, she has been a pretty abusive person in almost every way I can imagine. Oh, I'm sorry, mommy. Her behavior is the reason I had to move to the States to live with my dad. Oh. My question is... If I'm undateable because I don't particularly like my mom or have a good relationship with her, no, of course not. Listen, no. all I, What I meant by that was if, if you're a woman and you're dating a dude and he is always like, fuck, I hate her, stupid bitch, or it has a lot of rage towards her that's not addressed, chances are he's going to transfer that shit to you It's just a flag. It's something that he needs and he's not addressing it. I think that's the key. Like if people are addressing whatever it is in their lives that's a problem, then it ceases to be a bigger problem. Now, the fact that you are cognizant of this stuff, it's at, I think you said you're 23, then great. No, you're ahead of the curve and I wouldn't stress about it. I'm talking about the dudes that aren't even aware of how much they hate their mom's And the next thing you know, they hate your guts and you're like, what the fuck happened? Because they haven't worked on the relationship with their own mommies. Now, as with everything I say on this show, nothing is in stone. There's exceptions to every rule. The only thing you can do is be cognizant and think and uh, see a shrink and deal with it and uh, not ignore your feelings about it and stuff like that. And listen, I'm sorry your mom was a piece of fucking human shit. Uh, it breaks my heart. I absolutely hate hearing that stuff. It makes me cringe because I, I know how horrible it is to grow up with a an a-hole parent mom. Uh, yeah. So anyway, I'm glad you moved to the States to live with your dad. I think that's wonderfully fantastic. It sounds like hopefully your dad is a better situation. You're not undateable. You will just have to deal with your women issues uh, in a different way than most people. You know what I'm saying? You feel me? You know what I'm talking about? You're going to have to be really, really conscious of how you treat women in your life because, unfortunately, they all become some version of mommy because that's just all you know, right? That's your first example of uh, of love is the maternal bond, and, uh, and there you go. All right, well, we'll do one more. Okay, okay, okay. So these come from a guy you come from a guy about four years ago i ended a very bad marriage he says it was unhealthy and i got out of it pretty much with no issue child support etc however i'm a single dad of two kids that i have full time i'm sorry it's very tough they are great easygoing kids well good and get along with everyone good i recently decided to start dating after many failed attempts i finally met a girl who is great good she is head over heels in love with me and is very sweet, funny, and outgoing. There's just one problem. Da, da, da. Her kid. She has a son who is 10 years old. He's an only child whose father is an alcoholic. Great. So for the first time I met him, I thought maybe he just needed some attention from another guy or someone he could talk to. But at this point, it's almost unbearable. The kid gets butt hurt about everything. Every fucking thing. If you so much as look in his direction without a smile... It's temper tantrum time, screaming, crying, throwing himself around. He's a big drama queen. I accidentally brushed shoulders with him in passing. And for the next hour, he proceeded to sit on the couch with an ice pack on his arm, crying about how much it hurt. When he comes to my house, unless he is taking over the TV with his Xbox that only he can play, he will cry and go apeshit over anything, screaming at my kids to stop looking at him. (laughs) My kids, who are 5 and 11, want nothing to do with them. My 11-year-old daughter is a saint compared to her son. Now both my kids are protesting. They do not want to be at home if he is coming over. Oh, boy. My daughter has just recently started asking me to break up with my girlfriend. Uh Uh-oh. So they can have fun again. Yikes. That's a short version. I have been with my girlfriend about eight months and I'm stuck at either breaking up or telling the kid the reason he has no friends is because he's a pussy. I have come so close to completely raging out on this kid that I've had to walk out around my neighbor to keep myself from verbally abusing him. Well, I'm glad you did that instead of abusing him. What would you do? Okay. Uh, listen, emailer, this is why it is so tricky. You don't want to be, It's listen, it's, I'll tell you what to do. Your kids are telling you they hate the kid, right? They don't want to hang out with a boy. And it says that your your daughter asks you point blank, can we have fun again? Break up with a girlfriend so they can quote have fun again. I mean, it sounds to me like you do have a very obvious choice here, which is break up with a girl. Uh, it's your kid or your, your girlfriend. It sounds like your children or your girlfriend. Unfortunately, Because you know you can't uh, you can't tell the kids shit. You know that. Even as a stepdad, there's boundaries. You're not a stepdad. You're a boyfriend. You got no say in this. You got no recourse. Sorry, bro. Uh, You know, kids are forever. I'm sorry. The girlfriend's got to go. There you go. (laughs) You'll find someone else. Trust me. Uh, Yeah, there is there is no fixing this. And you know the same goes for step family. I've I had a few step-parents in my day, and that is a, a, not a winning place to be. I, my heart goes out to anybody who has to be a step-parent because you're fucked. You can't discipline someone else's kid. You really can't. It's it's not your place, and it's not your kid, so you don't give a shit as much about them, I'm sure, because it's not your blood. Although there are some people who are wonderful step-parents, so that's not always the case, obviously. But it's a, it's a pretty hopeless situation. It sounds like you really hate this kid because you wrote a lot about him, and uh I wouldn't i wouldn't uh I wouldn't go any further with this relationship, all right, and you can't you can't tell a kid he has no friends because he's a pussy. <laughs> Sorry, ditch the girlfriend, play with your kids more. Who cares? They're old enough, they're going to be out of the house soon. Well, five and eleven, not really, but your kids are way more important and cooler than abroad with her stupid fucking pussy kid, right? God, what a nightmare I don't want my kid to be like that I've a, Well, you probably It's the alcoholic dad, right? I hope I mean, I don't hope But I hope that's the reason I don't want my fucking kid To be crying every two seconds For dumb shit That's the worst Then again, we are raising A nation of pussies Are we not? Are we not? I don't know I don't know yet I'll have to wait and see What school is like For my kid Jesus Christ. I'm already not looking forward to this stuff. <laughs> All right. I got to go. Uh, thank you so much for listening. It's been Deep Bros. Email me at podcast at gmail.com. Come see me do stand-up. Get tickets at thousandranch.com. Please use my Amazon banner. And that's it. Listen to your mom's house and have a great week. Be fearless, my friends. Do not live in the lower realms of anxiety and fear because that fucking sucks. And be good. Now what? I don't know. Philosophize with it.